1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Neil Doncaster says he's held positive talks with businessman James Anderson about a big cash donation. The Scottish Football Writers Award nominees are announced. And Johnny Hayes, Craig Levine, Richard Tate and Jozo Simunovic are just some of the players and staff leaving clubs at the end of their contract. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me from his man cave, which is the norm at the moment, is Hugh Keevans. And we should all say a big welcome to James Anderson. No one had really heard of him before today, Andrew, but if the man is willing to put millions into Scottish football at a time of austerity and recession, bring him right down to the front row. Plenty for us to get our teeth into. And why don't you join us as well? 0141 951 1025 is the number. Or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. But there's only one place to start you. Isn't there a very interesting story that broke over the weekend where Hearts owner Anne Budge revealed in an interview that she knows a philanthropist that is willing to put money forward to help clubs in Scotland through the coronavirus pandemic? We'll go through the timeline all of it in a, in a second, but, but Hugh, initially, very promising signs. Well, Andrew, beggars can't be choosers. And at the moment, we have got out the begging bowl because we are in uncharted waters uh, and clubs are in dire need of money. Now, we always get told there's no such thing as free money, but this would appear to be free money, even for those of us who are terminally cynical and sceptical. And if James Anderson has no strings attached, if he doesn't want to rearrange league structures or have any say on anything that is basically football's business, but is making a philanthropic gesture, then there's no way that we can turn the man down. Well, as I said, we will go through the, the timeline of what happened over the weekend shortly, but there is uh, latest developments from today on this. The SPFL have released a statement and uh, it says SPFL Chairman Murdoch McLennan and SPFL Chief Executive Neil Doncaster met with James Anderson via video calls this morning and had a positive initial discussion about the proposal from James to provide financial support to the 42 clubs. This support is intended to assist all SPFL clubs to deal with the effects of the COVID-19 crisis and then there's quotes from Neil Doncaster at the bottom he says we had a very constructive and worthwhile discussion with James and we agreed on the need to progress things as swiftly as possible the offer from James is an extremely generous one and we have committed to work together to quickly iron out the details and develop a concrete proposal which could make a significant difference to our 42 clubs and one of the things that stands out there for me Hugh is the fact that he says it's a an extremely generous offer well at a time when the line between existence and extinction is very thin and getting thinner by the day, if this is a multi-million pound offer, then it's the original offer that cannot be refused. And uh, Neil Doncaster and Murdoch McLennan simply have to take the money once it's been established how that money will be distributed because we're trying to keep 42 doors open and 42 lights on. And this money will be vital. Well, it is understood that the money could be into the multiple of millions. And you said it there, Hugh. That is a big thing. The, the no strings attached. It appears that on the surface, James Anderson doesn't want anything in return. He just wants to do this for the good of Scottish football, which is something you, you don't see very often. No, philanthropy uh, is not normally associated with football, Scottish football or any other kind. 
but if this man is a genuine philanthropist acting out of a heartfelt love of the game and uh, an understanding that some of our clubs are going to go out of business unless they get a financial injection, then the man is a saviour. Bring him in. We want to hear your thoughts on this. 01419511025 on the phone lines or you can tweet us at Clyde SSB. As you said, it was a name we didn't really know before today's you, James Anderson. As soon as the, the name came out, everyone was frantically on, on Google searching up what, what this man has done previously, who he is, and uh, something I did myself throughout today. And uh, James Anderson, Scottish, uh, works for the Scottish investment firm Bailey Gifford. And if you look at the... The portfolio that, that he's involved in, it's companies like Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Tesla. There, there's some real serious money in here that we're talking to. Yeah, he's a man of serious credentials. Uh, clearly a man of the utmost integrity. There, there need be no worry about him on that score. Uh, you know, football over the years has had its share of chancers. But this man is clearly... Uh, time-served businessman, a man of the, the utmost probity, and he's offering football, on the face of it, free money, no conditions attached, and therefore football in Scotland has to say, thank you very much, Mr Anderson. It's good to see that things have progressed as well, because Anne Budge, over the weekend, she had voiced her frustration. It was, it was quite interesting in the interview she'd done. She said she was told by the SPFL when she initially made contact with them about it to put it in writing and it's something that they'd look at um, you know once she'd done that and the SPFL were quick to respond after that but you can see why she was frustrated if you know if you're putting something on a plate like this to the SPFL which looks like it could be multiples of millions of pounds to help struggling clubs you'd think that it would be something that would be jumped on straight away and you know those conversations have now been held and it looks as if things are, are going to get done quickly I'm willing to believe there was a, an area of misunderstanding there because Neil Doncaster thought that Anne Budge was talking to Mr Anderson and Anne Budge thought that Neil Doncaster should be the one doing the talking. So we've finally got that one worked out and now the discussions have taken place. Uh, as I say, it is most welcome. The only grey area was, was Anne Budge suggesting that if we had Mr Anderson's money uh, that might allow us to reconstruct the league so that hearts are saved. We know that many clubs are against the idea of reconstruction. But if this is a plain and simple, straightforward injection of cash for the benefit of 42 clubs at a time of serious austerity, then it is most welcome. You talked about that misunderstanding uh, over the weekend. There was a quote from Neil Doncaster then as well on Saturday. He said, I've had a number of conversations with Anne this week. Uh, including one that also involved another club chairman. He said he was delighted to have heard the comments and that, in fact, there are no uh, conditions attached to the money. He'd been under the impression, he said, that Anne was going to continue talking to the potential investors and then said that he was happy to speak to them directly if it was the time. That's all moved very quickly and it looks as if we could hear developments on that on the coming days. Let's go to the phones, 0141 951 1025. First up is Eddie in Postle Park. Eddie? Hi there, I'm just wondering about the situation with this money coming through. Do you think it will be happening any time soon and the possibility of reconstruction happening? Because I'm not really happy about this kind of situation where it's going to turn into three fourteens or a 2-14 or a 16 group just to save one team. There's teams that have been relegated that have actually took it in the channel at a champion and sat and took it. But with the possibility of reconstruction does happen, which is 
and the slightest what happened to like Broder Rangers and Kelty that were runners up and the winners of the domestic leagues as well I think we have to draw a line Eddie between this man's offer no strings attached and the reconstruction issue which is Anne Budge's baby uh, if Mr Anderson is coming in to give money to Scottish football in order to keep 42 doors open and 42 sets of electricity on, uh, then that's fine. But he cannot come in and say, well, my money is contingent upon league reconstruction and hearts being saved or anything of that nature. It's either a philanthropic gesture, no strings attached, or it's not. And with regard to reconstruction, I get the feeling that the the, the mood is not for reconstruction among uh, the majority of the clubs. So Anne Budge has to put forward the reconstruction proposal. It has to be voted upon. If it's voted against, then I'm sorry, Anne, but Hearts have to go into the championship, even though I know uh, that's a potentially hazardous trip for them to take. But it has to be one way or the other. But the, the reconstruction issue is about 42 clubs and about a vote. And if they vote democratically against Reconstruction, that's the way it has to be. Yeah, it's very important to, to separate these two issues because, you know, Anne Budge did say at the weekend when she was speaking that, uh, you know, it, it didn't rely, or this money didn't rely on, you know, Reconstruction, whether hearts were, uh, you know, in the Premiership and the top tier next season. She said that, you know, she, she was just the, the in-between person. James Anderson contacted her because she'd know people at the SPFL and the money had absolutely nothing to do with, with Reconstruction having to go through for clubs to receive any money. Well, that's fine. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Uh, on another point is, would any of you ever gave Johnny Hayes or extended his contract or Big Jozo? Well, with regard to Jozo Simunovic, uh, in five years at Celtic, he played 125 times. That's an average of 25 games a season. Uh, Celtic season is, by and large, twice that number of games. Therefore, you get half a season out of Jozo Saminovic because, unfortunately, he's been injury-prone since he arrived in Scotland. He'll be remembered um, as a good defender, but one who was hampered by injury. And he'll be remembered, I think, fondly by the Celtic supporters because of the goal he scored uh, on the, the weekend that marked the passing of Billy McNeil when the number five on that day, Jozo Saminovic, scored after 67 minutes. 67, of course, being indivisible from the Lisbon Lions. So he did his best for Celtic, but injury kept getting in the way. With regard to Johnny Hayes, he's 32 years old. It may be that at a time when even the club with most money, which is Celtic, uh, are forced to recognise the financial problems created by the coronavirus, uh, maybe it's felt that at 32, Johnny Hayes was expendable. And he will, I am quite sure, find another club. Eddie, would you have liked to have seen him stay? I guess... Johnny Hayes was starting to get a wee run here and there in the games and I would have liked to have seen Yozo partner Big Julian at the back as well because I did like Yozo as a player and I don't understand why 
But the club never wanted to extend it, even just for another season or two. Because I thought, if you get them through with that, you've got a perfect defence at the back here as well. I just the wish stats, the guy all the best, no matter where he goes. Of course, but the stats tell their own story. Five years at Celtic, 125 games, that's 25 per year. You have to be fitter than that to play for Celtic, given the demands on the club domestically and in European football. Well, thank you to Eddie in Posse Park. 01419511025 is the number if you want to get involved. We'll just go back, Hugh, to uh, the, the James Anderson money that we're talking about at the, the start of the show. It looks as if now Neil Doncaster, James Anderson, Mother McLennan need to sit down and see how this money is going to be distributed. They need to see how much money is there. They need to see the best way of doing that, which I can't imagine is going to be an easy process. No, um, because this is a problem involving all four divisions. It's not the case that you can say, oh, let's shore up every club in League 2, make sure they're all still there, or in League 1, make sure they're all still there when football resumes. There are clubs in the Premiership who I would imagine need money and need it quickly because if we're coming back for the sake of conversation on the 1st of August, it's going to cost clubs thousands per week in the Premiership to have their players tested for COVID-19 before matches and then again after matches. So they also have their financial needs and that's what Neil Doncaster and Murdoch McLennan and everyone else will have to assess going forward 01419511025 on the phone lines Paul in Kirkintilloch is up next Paul what's your point tonight? Hey hi how you doing how you doing here? Good Hey uh, my point tonight is uh, the, the last caller uh, I was going to speak a wee bit about uh, someone who and used it my first point is if there is somebody offering money to the Scottish League uh, that doesn't encroach any uh, relegation or it doesn't benefit anybody else more than others, you have to take the money. I mean, you would be an absolute idiot to knock it back if it's not. If this guy, it sounds too good to be true, to be honest, but if this guy doesn't want anything to do with it and it's for the good of the game, maybe the Scottish football is due a wee break. Now, nothing grinds my gears more than when I hear about the, the wee diddy clubs in England who think they're big clubs but they're only big clubs because they're pepped up with the, the, the money. Uh, they get small clubs, and it really, really, really rails me. But if we can get money, if we can get this guy to get money, it maybe gives the Scottish, gives Scottish football a wee break it needs, and it may get things going back quicker, meaning that fans can get back to the game quicker. And You need to take it. I think you need to take it. Well, there's no absolutely no question about it, Paul. Uh, as I say, this is a man of... Uh, the highest business credentials he is beyond reproach clearly a man of high integrity who wants to make a gesture at a time of grave need for Scottish football clubs now Neil Doncaster having had those discussions uh, will know this to be the case and he will know better than anyone how great the need is for money to be distributed and as I say Paul it's not about League 2, it's not about Annan Athletic or anyone else in League 2 or League 1. 
or the championship. There are clubs in the Premiership that need the money and need it now. So you're right. If it if it's there on offer, no strings attached. Thank you very much. We accept. Paul, there were suggestions over the weekend initially that the money was there to help the the lower league clubs. But is it refreshing for you to see that you know it appears that all 42 SPFL clubs will benefit from this money? Yeah, but it has to be a level of benefiting where if the club hasn't been run right uh, and a lot of its financial decisions have been bad, then that needs to be taken into consideration. It can't be... uh, They need to prove themselves. I mean, there's teams out there who have managed to uh, operate for years and years and I don't know how they do it. Uh, They don't make any money. Uh, but they have share issue after share issue. So I would be a wee bit concerned that if there's different teams getting bailed out and there's different teams getting bailed out because they've been misran. Well, we've gone on about the SPL and governance uh, since the season was called early. Now is the time for the SPFL to show proper leadership here because they have to make sure that the distribution of money cannot be criticised in any way uh, and that that those who are in dire need are well looked after, those whose need is not perhaps so dire they might get less but now is the time for Murdoch McLennan, Neil Doncaster to come to the fore with the SPFL board and show that the governance of the SPFL with regard to the distribution of this money is first class well, thank you to Paul in Kirkintella. Call one four one nine five one one zero two five if you want to get involved, and this could be the perfect time because after the break we'll be talking about the Scottish Football Writers Association Award nominees. Who's up for Player of the Year? Who's up for Manager of the Year? And who's up for Young Player of the Year? You'll find out after the break and after the travel with Lindsay. Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Your comeback is on. Talk to Thompson's Hugh Evans with me, Andrew McLean, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. You can get involved 0141 951 1025. Shortly we'll be talking about the Scottish Football Writers Association Player of the Year nominees, manager and young player as well. And we'll be speaking to John in Coatbridge on the line as well. Hugh, just shortly before that, there was uh, one of the divisional meetings today for this Hearts proposal uh, towards reconstruction. We've We've gone over reconstruction a lot. It does get a bit tedious at times. This proposal was uh, three teams of 14 leagues and Budge saying over the weekend that she thought it was destined to fail really already but thought it was a good opportunity just to get all the clubs to sit down together to see if there is a solution, everyone in the right place, to see if there is anything they can do. I don't get the impression Andrew that there is a majority of clubs who are willing to see reconstruction come on board. Uh, and for that reason, it will fall. Uh, clubs will take action out of self-interest, and at this particular time, who can blame them? And they will say, further down the road, if we reconstruct, my club might be obliged to try and avoid relegation if we're going to go back to the way it was before coronavirus. So for that reason, in the main, I don't think it's got an earthly. 
We're moving on to some other news from today. The Scottish Football Writers Association have released their nominees for their three different end-of-season awards today, something that always gets people talking. So we'll be interested to hear your thoughts at home. 0141 951 1025 or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. We'll start with the big one, the Player of the Year Awards, which two Celtic players are nominated. They make the four-man shortlist, Odson Edward and Callum McGregor. Ranger striker Alfredo Morelos on the shortlist too, alongside Dundee United's Lawrence Shankland Hugh any obvious submissions any surprise inclusions any clear front runners in your eyes I'm slightly surprised by Alfredo Morelos being there because like Rangers as a team he was absolutely fine up until the winter break scored lots of goals was posing a real threat Uh, Rangers were a threat to Celtic the last game before the winter break, they went to Celtic Park and they won. Stephen Gerrard celebrated in a way that showed he knew how important the result that was. And then it all came to a halt for Rangers and for Alfredo Morelos. He got one more goal between then and the end of the season. Uh, his lack of a contribution helped Rangers fall further and further behind Celtic until it got to a 13-point gap. And then he was late back from Colombia when his manager gave him compassionate leave to go back and see the family. Stephen Gerrard showed him compassion. He showed Stephen Gerrard contempt by not coming back in time for the, the Hearts Cup tie. So I'm surprised that Morelos is there, to be honest. For me, it's a straightforward call between Callum McGregor and Odson Edward. In the case of Morelos, do you need to maybe flip it as well? You've looked at what he didn't do in the second half of the season, but you also surely need to look at what he did do in the first half of the season because he got 14 goals in Europe. I think he was the, the joint third top goal scorer in the league, despite the fact that he, he stopped scoring at Christmas. So there was still a lot that Alfredo Morelos did achieve, despite the fact that you know he did tail off towards the end of the season. And I have acknowledged that, but you don't get an award for half a season. Uh, You get an award for being the best player consistently throughout the season. And for me, Alfredo Morelos' season, by and large, ended in December. So I've acknowledged he was part of a very good Rangers side up until December. And then the well ran dry. John is a Celtic fan in Coke Bridge. John, I think you've got a, a nomination of your own. I uh, sure you've stolen my thunder a wee bit there. Uh, I hope you are staying safe, guys. Uh, I was on a couple of Andrew and Hugh, and I I think the standout. I mean, I know Edward and McGregor as well as Big Foster, but Scott Brown has galvanised Celtic after the winter break. I mean, he's took it on. And honestly, I don't know how Scott Brown's not been nominated for Player of the Year. Neither do. It beggars disbelief to me, honestly. As you say, Morelos hasn't kicked a ball for the second half of the season like the Angels. So I don't know how Scott Brown's not there. Just what do you think, Hugh? Well, first of all, let's deal with Edward. Goal scorers tend to hog the limelight, whether it's Edward or Morelos or Lauren Shankland at Dundee United. Goal scorers hog the limelight. And Edward's place there is undeniable. Callum McGregor, I go back to the word consistency. Throughout the entire season, Callum McGregor was always on the money. He's a tremendously gifted player, and I do appreciate what you're saying about Scott Brown, but McGregor provided the same kind of influence as well, and he's always there when you need him. 
Um, you couldn't have four Celtic players. Uh, therefore, I think they've got the right to in Edward and McGregor. Well, I, I, I agree with you, but how can you not have four? I would have three in then. I mean, and Big, for- Big Froster's been brilliant too. I don't see why Morelis is there. I'm not just saying it because obviously I'm a Celtic supporter. I can't see... Saying that if, if, if it's picked on half a season, well, Ryan Christie would be picked there along with Morelis, would he not? Because Ryan Christie was brought in the first half of the season. Well, I, again, you, you can't say that Morelos doesn't deserve to be there because he only had half a season, but you want Ryan Christie in even though he well, only Well, I think that was, the, that was the point John was making, that if it was done at the half-season mark, then Ryan Christie would be in as well as Morelos. I think you have to remember, Andrew, that this, this, is, that this uh, list is compiled by football writers, uh, not just Glasgow-based, but throughout the entire country. Uh, and that's perhaps reflected in the choice of uh, Lauren Shankland uh, from Dundee United. I, I just think that you're trying to reflect the, the, the league as a whole or the league's plural as a whole. Uh, and the, the, for me, I do understand that Fraser Forster was terrific. He, he won the Betfred Cup on his own for Celtic. Um, but I think the right two guys are there in uh, Edward and McGregor. John, who would you like to see win it? Uh, well, I'd, I'd like, as I say, I think Cal McGregor, as you, as you adhere to there, Cal McGregor's always a 7 or 8 out of 10 every week. Even if he's having a bad game, he has a good game. So I know that sounds a bit stupid, but he's always Mr. Consistently, as you say. But I just think Bruni has galvanised Celtic after the winter break, after they get beat by Rangers, you know what I mean? But, uh, Hugh, can I make an I can ask you a thing? See this guy, who is this guy, Anderson guy? Is it, is it strings attached with us, or is he a friend of Ann Budge like? No, as I've said, um, John, you, you can't have a situation whereby Ann Budge says, look, I've got a pal that will give you lots of money so long as you let Hart stay in the league. Uh, that can't happen. The, these are two distinct issues. Mr Anderson is, uh, is offering a no-strings-attached charitable donation to Scottish football, as, as I understand it to be. And Anne Budge has a reconstruction proposal which will stand or fall by how 41 clubs vote. Well, thank you to John in Coatbridge. Uh, looking through the, the nominations, Hugh, Lauren Shanklin certainly an interesting one, obviously playing in the Championship at the moment, but it just shows how good he has been for Dundee United. That it, you know he's, he's put in the same category as, as these Premiership players. That's why uh, Dundee United pay Lauren Shankland the kind of money that they pay him. Uh, they went out on a limb because they've been out of the Premiership for too long. Uh, they are a most welcome addition to the Premiership when we get underway once again. Um, and good luck to him. He's been outstanding. But for me, um, he plays against lesser defenders. Uh, he plays in a lesser level of competition in the championship and he's under a lesser degree of pressure than Morelos and Edward and Callum McGregor so he's most entitled to his place in the shortlist but I don't think he's the winner 01419511025 if you want to get involved Andy is a Rangers fan up next in Alexandria Andy I think you've got your own suggestion for a nomination for player of the year yeah, I have, I have, yeah. Um, going in half a season, I would say Morelos, but Morelos, as people have said, have not kicked a ball since Christmas. Um, 
But my player of the year is a McGregor as well. But no, Callum McGregor, it's, it's Alan McGregor. Um, I know goalkeepers generally don't get it, but Alan McGregor has kept Rangers um, in Europe in the title race. Uh, I, I know it's 13 points, but um, I still think McGregor is the best player that Rangers have got, and Rangers um, have, it should, it should be nominated. As I say, goalkeepers generally don't get it, but um, I really think that McGregor should be nominated um, ahead of like Fraser Foster. I know Fraser Foster kept Celtic in the League Cup final and things like that, but he's only really been here for a limited time. McGregor's done it over the, over the season until the season gets stopped, um, and last season as well. I mean, he basically got Rangers into the Europa League uh, two seasons in a row into the, the, the group stages. Um, so I, I think Alan McGregor, who I think is the best goalkeeper in, in Britain, not in Scotland, but in Britain, um, should be nominated. Just like to see what you think of that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you make a perfectly valid point. I would, I would have taken out Morelos and put in McGregor, Alan McGregor. Um, I just don't think Morelos has done enough over the course of the season to be on that shortlist. Uh, but McGregor has been an outstanding performer for Rangers. Uh, I know that goalkeepers last longer than outfield players, by and large, uh, but Rangers will have a heck of a job replacing Alan McGregor when the time comes. And for me, he was more deserving of a place in the, the last four than Alfredo Morelos. Andy, uh, I've seen a few. 100%. On you go. Yeah. Sorry, I 100% agree with you there. I think I think McGregor definitely did... Um, Deserves a place better than Morelos. Morelos, as I say, up to Christmas, everybody was praising him that he wasn't getting red cards, wasn't getting yellow cards, he was keeping the heat kind of thing, and he was scoring goals uh, at home and in abroad and at the Europa League and that. But for some reason, after the, the Dubai break, he just went to, he went to kind of court kind of thing, and then that red card at Celtic Park was unforgivable in that point. I'm a, I'm a Rangers supporter, and that was unforgivable. I mean, that was just him just being daft, you know, and, um, and, and, and I think ultimately that. Probably cost Rangers a lot of it because I, I don't know what happened after it. I mean, I know he was out for a few games after that, but um, he just didn't seem the same player, you know. And, and if he's no fire, then all cylinders, um, Rangers burn the fire in all cylinders. And, and I think that ultimately cost Rangers the title, you know. I, I'm, 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 I don't know. I, I would like, another thing I would like, just as mentioned before I go, we all the leads coming back Spain, Italy, uh, England's first division, the Championship, uh, Premier League, sorry, the first uh, the Championship and all that. I, I do think that the Scottish League was called a wee bit too early. I think we could have left it a wee bit longer and played them out, you know, because there's always going to be that... I'm a Rangers supporter, but there's always going to be that thing over Celtic that, that really wasn't nine in a row. Um, I know Hugh's going to disagree with me on that one, because uh, one of the, pit, the pitching things, but I think there's always going to be that thing. There's, there's, always, there's no an asterisk as such. I mean, that's the thing about asterisks and things like that, but there's always going to be that, like, 2019-20 was finished early and Celtic were not given the title but you know awarded the title because of the, the coronavirus so I think the Scottish leagues I think especially the Premier Division I think finished it too early I just want to see what he thinks I think you know without politicising the issue too much although you can't avoid bringing politics into it because it's indivisible from what's going on but our rate of progress in um, coming out of the pandemic is slower than others and you can hear what Nicola Sturgeon says today that you know that we have to be careful with people's lives and there was no guarantee 
that we could get football back at a stage where you could play out the remainder of the league and then come into our new very lucrative contract with Sky Television. Uh, I think it was called for practical reasons uh, and we also have uh, the, the, the legal uh, medical people saying to us that there might yet be a danger, that there could be a second phase of uh, the coronavirus, heaven forbid. So the league was called for purely practical reasons based on the fact that our journey back from the pandemic was still at a rate that didn't allow us to rush football back. Andy? Yeah, I can hear what he was saying, and he's probably right. But I just, I just still think it was called a wee bit too early, um, especially in the top division. The lower divisions obviously couldn't afford like, like, testing and things like that, you know. And I know maybe probably few of the, the top division couldn't afford it either. But I think it could have been helped, given to to to, to make the house the, the, the league more credible, you know. Because it's to me, it's not tainted. I wouldn't say tainted. Cause tainted means you've done something wrong. You know, Celtic not done anything wrong, right? And I'm a I'm just a Rangers supporter, so I'm I'm saying that I've not done anything wrong. You know, this is something out with anybody's control. But I, I just still think it was called to get too early. Thank you very much to Andy in Alexandria. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. If you want to come on the phone, we'll get through the uh, the other nominations quickly. Hugh, the Young Player of the Year nominees: Alan Campbell at Motherwell, Lewis Ferguson. At Aberdeen, there's also Ali McCann at St Johnston and Aaron Hickey from Hearts. Any standouts there for you? Well, Hickey is obviously an outstanding player. Uh, I, I do like Lewis Ferguson at Aberdeen. Uh, again, the the four nominees reflect the fact that the the votes are taken uh, from all parts of the country. Uh, it's not a a West of Scotland contest, uh, so. Whichever one of the four gets it uh, will have deserved it, um, uh, and uh, you know we all have our personal preferences. So it will be Alan Campbell. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. If you want to get involved, we'll get, we'll bring you the manager nominees after the travel with Lindsay, and we'll also bring you the news from over the weekend of what players have left what clubs at the expiry of their contract. Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Helping you return to action Talk to Thompson's.com Hugh Keevans is in his man cave It's me Andrew McLean in the studio on Clyde One Super Scoreboard 0141 951 1025 If you want to come on the phones uh, What we didn't get round to Hugh Just before the break was the manager of the year Nominations Stephen Robinson Obviously the Motherwell manager Gary Holt at Livingston Neil Lennon Celtic boss and Arbrose Dick Campbell are the four that are getting the nod for that one, Hugh. Yeah, well, I'd give it to Dick Campbell just to hear his acceptance speech, which would be colossal. However, you can't give it to a man for his after-dinner speech. Uh, for me, it would be Neil Lennon uh, because he has exhibited uh, the principles of good management this season. He had a problem in December when Rangers were breathing down his neck and he dealt with the problem after the winter break. He recruited well, and none better than Fraser Forster in goal, who, who won Neil Lennon the Betfred Cup, as I say, virtually on his own. He had a very unusual situation with Lee Griffiths uh, due to personal reasons, 
uh, and he waited and he solved that and Lee Griffiths became a very important contributor towards the, the end of the season and the bottom line he had Celtic playing attractive football in a very demanding environment so for those four reasons it would be Neil Lennon for me once again, like the, the Player of the Year one, there's a, a championship nominee. You mentioned Dick Campbell there, and I'm sure he'd give a, a brilliant speech. But I think maybe the, the rise of Arbroath almost went under the radar until this season because he came in in sort of March 2016. They were in League Two at that point. Uh-huh. And he went on, won the title the following year. They made the playoffs in League One the season after that, won League One the following year. And then as a part-time team, finishing fifth in the championship is, is quite something. Well, you know, some people would describe Dick Campbell as a dinosaur. He comes from another era of management and so on and so forth. But he gets the job done. That's why he's still there. Why he's hanging in there uh, at an advanced age. And, uh, you know, he's a first-class competitor and clearly a good man-manager because he gets so much out of players. But... If there had been a football writer's dinner, and sadly that couldn't take place because of the pandemic, if there had been one, you you like to sit there knowing that the manager of the year is there unopposed because his team were successful, played good football, and you don't give it to somebody else just to spite somebody. 01419511025 on the phone lines. Briefly earlier on, we touched on the, the players going out of contract at clubs. The end of May, start of June is when the players leave the clubs. The, the two at Celtic, Johnny Hayes, Jozo Simonovic, leaving the club. I believe Alec in Parkhead has uh, something to say about that. Alec? Hi, how we doing? How we doing, Hugh? Very good, Alec. Uh, I, you know, just, just uh, on uh, the Simonovic and Johnny Hayes, I think that. You know, just my opinion, I think that if it wasn't for this the pandemic pandemic, possibly the two of them maybe have got an extra year. Uh, I can totally see, you know, where the boards came from. I don't know how much the salary is, but just say possibly twenty five thousand a week between the two of them. That's a hundred thousand pounds a month. And in a period of time where every club was gonna get through, you know, not having any fans coming through the turnstile, you know, to pay the money, to buy merchandise, to buy the food, every bit, sorry, other bits and pieces, you know, it's going to have a massive effect. So, you know, between them two, Ella Nussi, Fraser Foster, and also Craig Gordon, uh, out of contract, you know, I think Neil's got a, a wee bit of work cut out today. And possibly, you know, there might be some boys in the development squad that, you know, that they might have their eyes on it that could maybe come through and shine. But if no, if we need to buy players, which we will do, apart from Fraser Foster, I would like to see his buying in Scotland. And I know that we've got the Champions League and everything else, but I would like to see if we're going to spend any money. See what's suit there in Scotland. I know we're looking at the boy Arn Hickey. You've got the boy Lawrence Shankland. You know, I would like to see his just putting the money up and then let it feed around about Scotland. So if we give money to Aberdeen or if we give money to Dundee United, then they can maybe process it down. It's just my fault. Well, first of all, um, Celtic are not immune to pain. Uh, the, the pandemic will have affected Celtic because they are big wage payers, as you've said, Alec, and they are paying big wages to a squad while not earning a penny. So they're not immune from pain. Uh, I, I do think, though, just to summarise, Simonovic 
regrettably, was never fit enough to play enough games. 25 games per year over the five years he was at Celtic. Celtic need someone who can play an awful lot more regularly than that. Johnny Hayes at 32, possibly unlucky. The coronavirus and the the, the knock-on effect uh, has probably cost him his time at Celtic. Um, But I'm sure that Celtic will first and foremost spend their money where they think it's wisest uh, and not necessarily be concerned with keeping the money in Scotland. They'll do it if they want to do it. Then, as you say, they've been credited with an interest in Aaron Hickey. Uh, But they'll spend their money, first of all, where it's wisest. Because, Alec, you know that next season for Celtic and Rangers supporters is the most important one since the beginning of time. Definitely, Hugh. Uh, I was talking to uh, Gordon last week, and it was uh, then that Celtic announced the possibility of a virtual season book. Uh, I know that you know next year is going to be pivotal for Celtic. You know, and Celtic going to try to win ten in a row, and Rangers try to stop ten in a row. And you know, this is a time that you know that fans you know would love to be to be at these games. Uh, and share all these, share the wins, the draws, the loses, or whatever. And I would just hate for the possibility. And I know there's a lot of buts and maybes with vaccines and everything else. But you know, I would just hate. You know, if there was only a, you know, a, a maybe say six, seven, eight thousand people in Parkhead because they need to social distance and everything else. And you know, when Celtic got the nine this year, you know, people celebrated. But it wasn't the same as being in Celtic Park, where the team walked down the lap honour, you know, where Bruni out, Lenny out, everybody, 60,000 fans. But, uh, you know, we'll just need to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, everyone has a, a regret over what has taken place, but we can't be dismissive of what has taken place. This was a global pandemic. It's led to thousands of deaths, literally, in Scotland. And if you were denied a celebration, well, be grateful for your health. Uh, and we can only hope that one day around the corner, uh, people will get back in proper numbers into football grounds. But that's in the hands of the medical people. As I say, Sue, I think that you know the point I'm trying to come here. It was the same last week, the last time that I spoke to you about it. And obviously, uh, Gordon corrected you you know I know that thousands of people have died hundreds of thousands of people have died worldwide but I'm just talking about this channel it's a sports channel and people phone up and for that we year you get to to, to to forget about things you know what I mean as a season bit colder I would just love to share that experience with, with thousands of other Celtic fans that's what I'm saying and I know that I'll not be alone saying that yeah, well, that's the thing, Hugh, that football can work as a, a wonderful escape from people, and you know that. That's why we're on at the moment. There's no football, but you know, people people just want to talk about football and, and think about football because it uh, it gives them yeah. that escape from from you know, know. The, the horrors that are going on in the world. Absolutely, I'm not denying anyone the right to talk about football and express their opinion. I'm simply saying that people will be back inside football grounds when it's safe to be back inside football grounds. And I remember a Celtic supporter who called. Weeks ago, I can remember he came from Kilmacombe and he said that he would not feel safe inside a football ground until there was a, a COVID-19 vaccine. 
So it is on people's minds, and you can't just dismiss it. It's sad. It's tragic. It's awful, the things that have happened, and it's a shame that football uh, has been caught up in it in the sense that people have been denied celebrations and what have you. But we went away for a reason, and we'll come back when it's right for a reason. Thank you to Alec in Parkhead for his call. You can get involved. That will probably be the last call for the night, but I'm sure we'll get plenty on the phones tomorrow. Plenty more exits from other clubs, Hugh, probably the most notable of which uh, Hearts, Craig Levine, Austin McPhee, both leaving the club today. Well, you can argue whether Craig Levine and Austin were, were good for Hearts. The, the brutal truth of the matter is that Hearts are going down because over a long period of time, players who were not good enough to wear the jersey were brought in. Errors of judgment were made. Uh, and I'm very much afraid that Craig Levine, uh, in particular, uh, has to take his share of the blame in that regard. And it was a very strange situation. We talked about it during the season that you know Craig Levine was still at the club, Austin McPhee still at the club behind the scenes when Daniel Stendel was there. Daniel Stendel, of course, his contract has expired. We don't know whether he's going to be the Hearts manager next season, but behind the scenes, there's maybe some people that are a bit of a sigh of relief because you know that there's not two ex-managers that are in behind the scenes. Well, you you've got. Um a list of four managers there, uh, potential managers of the year. I would suggest that two of them on that list, uh, Gary Holt and Stephen Robinson, uh, would be under consideration for Hearts if Daniel Stendhal did not come back to the club. Uh, maybe Hearts, who have released a good number of players... Oh, sorry, Hugh, Hearts we are, are running due. out of time, but thank you very much for all your calls tonight. We'll be back tomorrow with Gordon DL. Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Experienced players who know how to win Talk to Thompson's.com